Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Bill Crystal with the Weekly Standard. And Bill, I'm sitting here in the mid-afternoon on Valentine's Day. Your roses haven't arrived. I'm, I'm a little hurt. They could legally arrive. <laughs> I'm in D.C. and you're in Massachusetts, I think. Um, uh, I probably shouldn't even make that joke. I'm going to be now, you know, harassed. And uh, no it. humor. We do um, not allow humor anymore. Not- not that there would be anything wrong with with with, with my thirty roses, but I, uh, but I did get some flowers for my wife ahead of time. A rare moment of <laughs> thinking ahead on those kind of matters by me. So I feel like I've I shouldn't say I've dodged the bullet. That's really not the right thing to say. But I feel like I've uh, I've uh, made it through Valentine's Day this year. Yes, Valentine's Day is sort of like what the Sochi Olympic Olympians are supposed to do. It's like the you know the the basics. You have to nail these you know, the the fundamentals and then you get to go on for the show although in Sochi they're not doing a lot of that they're mostly fighting their way out of locked bathroom doors apparently but that's a, another story so President Obama has given his administration yet another slogan he's given it a lot of great ones in the past uh, I'm the president I can do what I want yeah it's really amazing I mean he said it's a President Hollande of France, joking uh, when he was starting Hollande around Monticello, and I guess breaking protocol somehow about the way they're supposed to, uh, you know, the way the tourists are supposed to go. But uh, it is deeply revealing, obviously, of, of of this White House, and a serious matter because at the end of the day, Obamacare's horrible health care policy, it's bad for the economy, but it will turn out, perhaps most importantly, to have really challenged our commitment to something resembling the rule of law. I mean, Obamacare itself is a 2,700-page law that's not really a law in the old-fashioned sense of here are some clear rules and got, that citizens have to follow, passed with clarity and transparency by democratically elected legislation. Instead, it's an unbelievable you know, mess of stuff. A lot of people didn't know what they were voting on, as Nancy Pelosi said, and um, a lot of stuff was so purposely obscured, and, of course, the president misled on some fundamental points. But now in the implementation, they've just gotten more and more brazen and just, you know, hey, this thing seems to be more convenient if we delay this, so let's just delay this. And not even like a, a, a debate in, in the administration or with Democrats on the Hill, who used to be jealous about their prerogatives. Partisanship's just totally overcome their institutional responsibility that Congress is supposed to make the laws. And I really think Republicans have an obligation to the nation, actually, to step up and say this can't be tolerated and we're going to use control of the house and use what powers we have in the senate to challenge this with oversight with appropriations measures and uh, in other appropriate ways to really uh try to try to begin the restoration of the rule of law here i never thought i'd say this but i miss robert bird well you do no exactly i mean in the old days there were democrats there were republicans under bush and under nixon and under reagan and, you know who, uh you know, we're jealous of Congress's prerogatives. prerogatives. That's how the Federalist Paper says. Uh, the separation of powers is supposed to maintain itself in, in one of the ways, one of the major ways. Ambition is supposed to counteract ambition. It really is shocking how the partisanship of the Democrats has overcome everything. They feel, I guess, that they're tied to Obama. They're tied to this piece of legislation they voted for. And they're not at all serious. Why would it hurt some Democratic senators to say, wait a second, I mean, we need to pass legislation making this happen. And some of these things Republicans are for, Democrats are before the delays of the mandate. So Democrats can get credit for passing legislation. They can get credit for delaying it. They're so subservient. I guess this is what really strikes me, and I don't even quite understand it, honestly. They're so subservient to the Obama administration that they are better, they think they're better off just quietly accepting these things done arbitrarily by the president and saying, wait a second, let us do them legislatively. They could then do accomplish the same end and get some credit for it. But instead, they just look like they're pathetic, uh, you know, sort of pawns of uh, uh, President Obama, supplicants of the president. I don't think that's going to help them in November. And it's not good for the country. But I, you say that it could help them. 
if you've made the decision, as President Obama and the Democrats around him have, which is they are going to govern purely from their partisan base. They're not, forget the independents, forget the Republicans. They've got a partisan base they're going to keep pumped up. You can't then turn around and say, I'm going to oppose, or you say you can't. It's difficult to turn around and say, okay, I'm going to oppose our president to achieve this other end, because that's flies right in the face of the strategy, which is we are all going to stick together no matter what over on our left to far left position. And we'll, we'll have enough critical mass over here that we can govern. I guess, yeah, I guess that's right. I guess your point there, but I I would say they could, I mean, literally pass the same thing the president wants, but do it, you know, through Congress and even get more credit for it. As I was saying, I think what it does show, and I'm just thinking about this now, as you, Mm. as you made that, you know, perfectly uh, correct point, um, I mean, just how much the Obama administration is based on a kind of cult of personality, how much maybe even calling it partisanship is the wrong thing now. It's just mm-hmm. Obama-ship, exactly. you know? I mean, this partisanship would suggest the whole Democratic Party should get together and get credit for delaying the mandates. Mm-hmm. If everyone wants to delay the mandates, if I were the majority leader of the Democratic Party and wanted to give my guys something to run on in November, I'd say, hey, let's pass a bill delaying the mandates. Right. Republicans will have to go along. Uh, we'll get credit. The House will have to go along. The president can sign it. Everyone's happy. Instead, no, no, let's not pass anything because the president's done it on his own. It's really uh, an odd thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It would be nice if some Democratic senator <laughs> or congressman stood up and said, wait a second. Uh, the legislature is kind of important here to, to the American system of government. Shocked Bill Crystal that there's less uh, principle up on Capitol Hill than he <laughs> anticipated i want to ask I know, you it sounds, it sounds a little naive it but does. Uh, i think it'll be in their self-interest honestly but it's fine yeah. to me honestly uh, in this, this respect exactly. it's fine to me if they don't see their self-interest because i think they'll pay more for price for looking supine uh, than if they had looked oh, no. a little principle you, uh, most voters think in a very binary world and the binary choice is going to be obama yes or no and democrats have solidly wrapped themselves around obama yes mm-hmm. and the obama no vote is going to be very very tough for them i want to ask you about something else here on valentine's day we're talking about about uh, you know, romance and love and I I'm trying to, I want to ask this I'm, I don't want to be provocative for the sake of being provocative that's not what I'm trying to say but you we were thinking about, you, you mentioned the you know, lines that President Obama has given us to reveal himself like I'm the president do what I want the one that has always lingered to me was when he was talking about the American people during uh, early on in his presidency he says they're basically decent they're basically good, which is, guys, if you're going home for Valentine's, you're listening to this on the podcast, don't say, honey, you're basically good. You, you're, you're basically the woman I was sort of looking for, you know, in my life. And I get, there, there's a sense that, you know, when, when Reagan will look out over the country, that there was this emotional connection to the country, to either the, na- the concept of the nation of America or to America itself. And I'm not saying that Obama's anti-American. He hates America. He's not a secret agent for the you know, whatever you know Kenyan Islamists. Whatever. I just get a sense he has a kind of that cold academic. Yeah, there's an America, and it's got some people in it, and it's got some good stuff and some bad stuff. But yeah, it's really just it could be a big Sweden. I'd be pretty fine with that. Do you share my belief that he doesn't have the kind of to use a day a word of the day romantic feeling for America? Yeah, I think he's actually said that himself to some degree. What he says in Berlin, I'm a citizen of America, but I'm also a citizen of the world. I mean, it is striking. You could say I'm a citizen of America. I also very much feel uh, my responsibilities uh, as a human being, my responsibilities Mm to everyone on the planet. I mean, that would be something every American president could have said and would be unexceptional. 
to use the phrase citizen of the world next to citizen of America puts them almost on puts them not almost puts them on an equal standing and, and implies that you could be a citizen of the world, which is not the case. You can only be a citizen of a nation. You can be a you know a, a responsible uh, um, member of the international of, of the of the world, a responsible uh, human being. But, sure. Uh, so I think the fact that he wants to equate those is, is revealing of a certain kind of view. And I also agree that I think he much more than really almost any other president. You sort of look. You're right. He's a professor. He looks at America. He studied it. He lived in it. He has some thoughts about it. He thinks it's messed up in certain ways. It's good in other ways. He doesn't have, but he does sort of look at America as an object. He doesn't think of himself quite as well, we Americans. We're doing this. Right. We've got to, you know, stand for X or fight for Y or 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 say. Z. I mean, whatever you think of Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton, to take two Democratic presidents, mm-hmm. I think they did feel that. They didn't sort of step back and think about America right. from a distance. They thought, well, we're Americans, and in Carter's mm-hmm. case, we're for human rights, and in Clinton's case, whatever, we're, you know, for <laughs> different kind of policies he had, and having fun on the White House and all that. But <laughs> there wasn't that kind of, uh, wasn't that kind of distance right. thing, which is a little weird, I think, on, on Obama's well, part. because sure policies exactly it leads to, but it does lead to a certain kind of... Um, uh, yeah, sort of. Um, well, well, here's a phrase. Here, the, the you know the phrase that's dismissed: patriotism. You know, my country, right or wrong, makes you know, right. as, as dumb as my mother, drunk or sober, kind of thing. But there is an element of uh, being a citizen of a country. And, and as President Obama himself said, I think America is exceptional, the same way that the Greeks think that Greece is exceptional. Right. That there's a certain romantic irrational attraction or hold or devotion or something that a lot of people feel for their country. And they'll even admit, yeah, I know it's, you know, it's because I was born here. I'm sure I would probably feel the same way, but I don't think about it that way. I just think, wow, this is my country. I love America. There's so much to be proud of. I'm crazy about it. And I just have never gotten a glimpse from President Obama that he was crazy about his country the way that he uh, appears to be crazy about his wife or, the, you know, the, or that my fellow, a lot of people I know, particularly through the Tea Party, are just, they love their devotion to their country is out on their sleeve. They clearly feel it the same way that guys who walk in tonight with their red roses feel it for their wife. I've never gotten that sense from this president. And it's particularly odd because he's an elected official. So, look, if you live in a country and you're disaffected with it, your own private views are very much at odds with it. You live, you're a professor, you're an intellectual, you're whatever you are, right. you're an auto mechanic. You sort of just have you keep your distance in a funny way from the civic life of the country. Mm-hmm. And in a free country, you're permitted to do that. Um, and some of our greatest artists have had that attitude, sure. right? And, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing all the time. But if you're president of the United States, it's sort of odd to have that attitude. I guess that's, there are many professors who think the way President Obama thinks, and there's, some of them are very good professors. And some of them, incidentally, not all of them should be, you know, 100% red-blooded, patriotic sure. Americans in a certain sense. You want some people who are critical and dist- have distance. It's just very rare for an elected official, especially an elected president of the United States, to have that attitude. Well, Bill, I wish we were together so we could hug it out. But alas, we cannot. But I don't. <laughs> I don't. But, you know, that's, that's, that's why we, you know, that's why it's a great country. We can differ on this and still have... Uh, We'll have an enjoyable conversation I, here on this podcast. I, I'm not getting the flowers, am I? Darn. Yeah, I know, and I feel a little bad for Mrs. Graham there, <laughs> but I, I'm sure that you didn't mean what you just said. And are you bringing her flowers at least? Uh, not flowers. We have another uh, surprise. I, I won't discuss here on on tape. I don't. Yeah, uh, we won't. Okay. Ex- ex- thank you very much. Yeah, too Handcuffs. much information. Right? Anyway, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Bill Crystal, for another great Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check WeeklyStandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.